Should we reveal the title of the upcoming season of Thirsty for More Presents? We should reveal the title of the upcoming season. Yeah, go ahead. Well, because like it, it was funny because both of us came up with different inter. What was the ones you came up with? I okay. So first, I was gonna call it JCVD Cast. Yeah. Which I told Lee, and he was like, "Hmm, do yeah. you like that name? It's cute, right? No, not 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 really. Yeah. And I was like, my reasoning behind it was like, I want to have it be simple and memorable and like easily like searchable because the big thing about Schwartzy was that I think nobody could spell it. Yeah. And it's like a cool, but like it's cool because there's a story behind it. And I think like it made it sincere for Schwartzy, but like JCVD is a different ball game for us. Like we have the nostalgic feels, but we're also going to get more critical. I think because yeah. JCVD, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. We, I haven't done a deep dive into JCVD and it's been a long time since I've seen any of those movies. So they're all kind of boring. <laughs> well, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Um, but uh, but we'll, also the, the one that I came up with when I was right. like falling asleep and like, Oh, should I get up and write this down? Should I? And then I remember, ended up remembering it, uh, but it was uh, Jean-Claude Van Pod. That's pretty good. But I but thought, then, Lee thought of John Pod Van Cast. And I thought that was really good. I was going to go for that. And then I told you and you said, we should just do John Pod Van Dam. Yeah. And I, I agree yeah. with you Jean Pod because Van Pod Dam. is enough. Yeah. Pod is enough. Yeah. So, so, you know, we mixed all, all our influences the, the together yeah. cool and ideas. thank you. Thank you, Lee, friend of the show, classic yeah. friend of the show. His name is Lee. God damn it. But I did want to talk to you about this episode, mm-hmm. today's episode, uh, Killing Gunther, uh, which is you know, I like listening back to it. It's like, I, I had fun talking to you about this movie, but it's a, we hated this movie. Yeah, it it's a bad, a bad movie. movie. And, um, like our audio also hated us too, because I tried to record us normally the way I always do. And there was some kind of connectivity issue or something. And so there's a lot of popping and cracking. I think I figured out what it is, so I hope it won't happen again. But really sorry about that. Um, In some parts of the podcast, it's actually pretty distracting. Uh, and it comes in and out. So it's a bit of a bummer. So, you know, listen to the episode if you want to. If you don't, I'm sorry. But, um, you know. Don't sell it like that. Just be like, <laughs> push it through. No, what do you mean? So, like, I mean, it's, sorry, I'll, I'll reset. <laughs> but, you know, it's still a great episode despite all of that. So please fucking just listen you know, to just it. Just listen yeah. to it. Please, yeah. you asshole. Please, you asshole. <laughs> don't fucking like, oh, but just, we need listeners. You have to be confident. Confidence. I, mean, I am. I am. But you know what? Like, it's a bummer. I know that sometimes I listen to certain podcasts and if there's like an audio thing, I'm like, I can't do this. Really? So, I just push through. If I like the people, I just push through. Well, thankfully people like us. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well, see you later. Enjoy the pod. Do it. Do it. Come on. Kill me. I'm here. Come on. Do it now. Kill me. Schwartzy. Podcast. It's a Schwartzy show. I, I gotta start, dude, by saying hello, everyone, and welcome <laughs> to Schwartzy the Podcast, the Schwartzy show. Uh, I, of course, am your host, Milenko. And I'm your host, Alex. Nice to meet you. And today, dude, 
We finally got to it, dude. <laughs> we finally got to it. I mean, um, if ever there was a movie to peek out the the worst of the worst of Schwartz's career, and also like if ever there was a movie that like so beautifully encapsulates what I'm feeling right now <laughs> in isolation, um, is like it just like showed the sadness that I felt in watching this movie is just what I'm feeling in real life. You know what? Uh, no, I, I can't. You're, you're going to shit on me for jumping too far. But like I, when, when Church Schwartzy does show up, we'll yeah. get to it. Okay. We'll All get right. to it because okay. it's the only thing I wanted to fucking talk about is Schwartzy. I don't care about this movie at all. I don't care about it at all, but we'll get to it. I think when he shows up, it, a testament to him and i how know good he and that's is. all we have to say like it's yeah. like oh man when he shows up it's it's a testament to his acting it's a testament to his acting and it's like okay schwartzy the podcast Schwartzy, we know <laughs> what you're sick of us on the show well it's not even sick of us it's just i'm i'm sick of these movies where he's it's not aftermath it's not anything we talk about except for the fact that like oh well he shows up and he's obviously amazing like let's just get into it like <laughs> okay okay <laughs> This is a you uh, mean get into 2017's Killing Gunther, Gunther directed uh, by Taron Killam, who, yeah. who wrote, directed, and starred in the movie. Yeah, and it's the only thing he's made. But he's like a he's like a mad TV guy. He's an SNL guy, um, and it seems like this guy's had a pretty solid career in like the sketch comedy world. You know, he's still relatively young, and like I don't know, like this movie is like capable it shows is it i don't know dude is it capable i don't know i just felt like this was a, a snl sketch a bad snl sketch stretched into a bad movie i agree like, i agree it, it the i i think ultimately let's let's just talk about how it's a it's a documentary a faux it's a documentary mockumentary yeah. and i don't think that this type of movie works anymore me neither uh, i think it's either been done to death or done better uh, done better and and like the last what was the last good one of these types of movies you saw i would say the last good one was one that was maybe even released afterwards but it wasn't and that was what we do in the shadows what we do in the shadows is is funny I guess it like there are movies the way this movie is supposed to work this type of movie is supposed to work is two things taking it really seriously yeah being funny which this none of these people are yeah. at all sure and uh yeah I guess I guess like the conceit being uh, like a somewhat uh more cleverly pulled off I mean I think of like Man Bites Dog uh, I think of things that are like serious movies that are like funny too uh that are about this kind of subject matter which is like a murder uh, following a murderer or like a well okay that's what I wanted to talk to you about because the conceit was the problem for me and so this movie is about hitmen or hit people, like assassins, basically. Yeah. And Schwartzy is the best the assassin in assassin. the world. Yeah. He's Gunther. Yeah. And we don't see him in the movie at all um, for, for the most of the movie. Hour. For over <laughs> an hour. Uh, and the rest of them are 
like kind of mediocre assassins and they're led by this one guy. So it's like an ensemble movie and it's like one of those, you know, group things where you have the multiple characters and everyone has their role. But again, this movie has way too many fucking characters. Too many characters. None of them are interesting. All of them are buffoons. None of them are good at their jobs. It just feels a little bit like why are these people assassins? Some of it's kind of funny, I guess. There were funny moments, Bob, and we'll Bobby talk about Moynihan. them. I don't know how I feel about Bobby Moynihan ever. Who's Bobby Moynihan? He's the one that's the fat guy. He's just the fat oh, guy. He's the Zach Galifianakis type? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so Lionsgate intro, SF Pictures intro, Starstream intermedia intro ingenious intro uh we start with like a pov shot looking down at some legs that they walk and they're, they're in like, buenos aires yeah argentina and they walk into a restaurant and the restaurant's fairly empty the waiter tells them to sit anywhere they want and they sit down and there's like a pov shot that focuses in on like an older white-haired bearded dude in yeah. shorts He's eating soup and drinking some beer at an adjacent table. And the waiter asks him if he wants anything else to which he just responds, you know, I want to check. And the waiter's like, all right, Mr. Kowalczyk. And the old man's like, but I didn't give my name. Yeah. And then, uh, Blake, our main character of the movie shoots him right before he reaches for a gun. But he also wants to like say a really clever line. And he like, I think Does, he was told to say that line. Yeah. He and was, he's like, what does he say? He says something really quickly where he's like, where he's like, um, he's trying to pull out the piece of paper and he's like, I knew you had rocks. And then he shoots him. Well, that was kind of funny. Yeah. yeah it, it was kind of funny. But like, again, most of the jokes fall pretty flat and all of the, all of the Photoshopped picture. This is the other thing that, that you can't work in these movies when they're not taken seriously is that when the pictures look super photoshopped or the CGI looks bad or any of that kind of stuff fails, it just doesn't bring me into the world of this. This is supposed to be a, a documentary. Like I know it's a mockumentary, but it's supposed to be a documentary. So it's just like, I'm not taking it seriously. Whereas things like mockumentary, uh, mockumentary, documentary now are just so incredibly done where they're uh, Bill Hader and fucking uh, Fred Armisen, Armisen are both taking it so seriously. And trying to do it really accurately. And that's why I think when comedic actors of the caliber of like a Fred Armisen, when he does do like a serious role, that's why he sells it so well. Because like... Or Jordan Peele. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, or Keegan, uh, Michael Key. They yeah. both are really talented people that know why it's funny in the first place and to take it as seriously as possible. Exactly. Whereas because these guys... These guys also come from the sketch comedy world, but like they're because they're SNL people and they're just like, oh, we got to get it done. We got to get, get it for the joke in the moment it's fine and it's like is it fine you had a movie you had a budget you had something well this movie you had was schwartzy dude you had schwartzy and it was so wasted this movie was to me about as funny as an snl sketch like i laughed <laughs> which, about as much you mean it hasn't been funny in <laughs> years i don't honestly even the classic sketches that people are like oh but this one this one is so good like any will ferrell sketch 
I, okay, I'm also just going to come out and say that I don't think Will Ferrell's funny. I think Will Ferrell's funny. I, I think that Will Ferrell was funny as Mugatu, and that's probably about it. What have you done, Derek? Nothing! You've done nothing! I, I still find Will Ferrell funny. Like, I don't think the more cowbell sketch is funny. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. I don't know who thinks. I don't know who thinks that's funny. I mean, I think it's as funny as as the many times people have repeated it, and nobody's gonna ever repeat this. No, that's how funny this is. That's you know true. what I mean? That's Something true. can be done to death, and and I cannot watch it for a really long time. Well, who cares about assassins? That's my question. Like the they're whole, bad, they're bad people. The whole conceit of this movie is, you know, I, I don't ever think assassin comedies work. No. There was that there was that one where with um what's it Such called? Such a Baron Cohen? Yes. You had sex with your mother in law. Yes. Uh, I don't think that Americans would find that funny. No, it is not a joke. That one's funny, but he's not an assassin. It's not, His yeah. brother is the assassin. There's a twist to it. Yeah. And with uh what's the one what's the other one where um uh ryan reynolds is trying to kill samuel l jackson the assassin's the assassins assassin. if you're the most wanted hitman in the world the boss's assassin whatever i don't something know something like that yeah some dumb shit who cares but <laughs> assassins aren't funny and like yeah they're barely entertaining i feel like it's been mined for all it's worth it's been mined for all it's worth except for like i still like the boring assassin movies where it's like waiting for things to happen because that's mostly what an assassin's life is like yeah that's mostly or what an like, actor's life is yeah, like too or, or it's like like oh yeah he paid me five thousand she paid me five thousand dollars to whack kurt cobain she offered me 50 grand to whack kurt cobain that's what that that is like it's either extremely meticulous yeah, or, big, or it's like that tiger show we just yeah, watched yeah, too. yeah yeah exactly where it's just like oh you can kill this bird all right good yeah it's like whoa dude you want and they just openly talk about yeah, they it openly talk about well, it because they're like, just like they're not it's not the movies where they're like oh hidden code or something it's like oh you want to kill this guy come on just yeah, do it. Exactly, i'll give you exactly. this much money and then we get like this newspaper clipping graphic with a blistering guitar solo it's supposed to be some kind of like quick expository stuff about yeah, like it's like where gunther is and like i like that pull out and it reveals that all the newspapers are are gunther's name that was cool i yeah. like that kind of stuff and i like uh, 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 Bobby Moynihan's introduction where he's like like I guess a townie or whatever yeah in Lake like, Michigan near Chicago or something and he's like hey uh, you know I'm fishing and then he talks about the bait he's using but then he uses the trigger on the there's like a crappy trigger on the the fishing, fishing line rod, that he uses yeah. and it, it explodes a boat uh, and then he's like well Blake Blake would probably be my best friend uh, he's the probably the closest thing I have to a best friend and he's like and the director asks him uh, would would you kill him for money? Yes, yes, I would. <laughs> I like that joke. That's funny, yeah. Um, and then we get Sana Faruza, who's there's so many fucking characters. There's in this. so many characters, but I thought she was pretty cool. She, yeah, she was okay. I mean, I guess like I hated her dad because it was like a a, a a Muslim stereotype where this he carries a so sword. Racist. This movie is so racist. Like this movie is racist for 1990 man yeah. like it was so that's what this movie also felt like it felt like a movie out of the 90s 
but like a bad movie out of the 90s. It's Pat. The movie. Because she's like, you know, in her father's shadow because he was one of the best, best hitmen hit ever. ever. And, and he's, he's really proud of her. He's a Muslim terrorist. Yeah, he's, he's who, who like, like a Persian guy. Yeah, yeah Persian it's so guy. weird. And then we get introduced to Gabe, the human computer, who oh, yeah. has no character at all. Uh, and then they introduce Ashley, the mentor, uh, who's like an old timey <laughs> black guy, uh, who's like an amazing assassin who trained Blake and another character, Mike Max. Max. And we find out later that he trained Gunther as well. Uh, and he keeps getting um, he keeps getting put in an ambulance or in the hospital. Yeah, it was actually really funny because they are interviewing him. So the mockumentary people are, you know, they got asked to do this job. They didn't know what it was, this job. And they're filming. Blake reveals that they're filming like a whole documentary about how he's going to kill Gunther. Yeah. And they need the documentary crew. This is how they justify it, which you don't need a justification. Documentaries like mockumentaries should stop trying to justify their why own the existence yeah. around. Yeah. Uh, hey, why are you filming? What are you doing? It's a movie. It's a movie. This is a movie. Uh, what, like everybody, all being like why are you filming this or whatever i hate that in mockumentaries um but yeah it's he needs it as proof that he killed gunther yeah which fine fine i guess yeah this is the throwaway line that's nice um and then did we introduce isat who gets his arm blown off also by a suicide bomb? it's like okay the brown guys are are terrorists yeah, like, like we have two like two? muslim extremist stereotypes yeah it's like he he blew up his arm and then got a uh like a robot arm and then and so his nickname is crusher but shut up wesley crusher yeah uh a young who kills people with poison which was funny but none of these characters have characters so it's not like they're only funny once and then it's like but who are you who cares yeah young was like personally invested in trying to kill Gunther as well because he killed his best friend, which was his snake. And that's how he got all his poisons. Yeah. You know, some of these premises seemed like they were thinking of it and just like trying, it feels like very much like it was a room of people being like, what would be funny here? Well, yeah, it's SNL writing, right? Where it just feels a little bit not fleshed out completely, but it doesn't have to be fleshed out on SNL because it's a fucking skit, right? Whereas here, this is it's a, a movie. fucking movie. It's a movie. This is a movie. <laughs> and they're not treating it as such. Well, like, like some of it was just like, like oh yang doesn't kill people with guns he kills people with poison and then in one scene he just throws the poison at Schwarzy. like there was some funny stuff like that and then he doesn't we also we also didn't say that the reason that they're searching for additional assassins is because their secret weapon of ashley is gone yeah they yeah. don't have like they don't have their like you know their guy who trained them yeah, being amazing at whatever his job was going to be. Uh, so they hire a bunch of other people. and, and they, But they don't kill them funny. You know, it, it's not like 
he's being reduced uh, Blake the main character who you don't like he doesn't feel like a main character even he's given the most plot but this is how I would have done the movie you get him you get Bobby Moynihan and Ashley get rid of Ashley in the funny way that's fine get all the other people and then have Schwartz kill them he doesn't even kill them. Well, the wrong stuff in this movie is taken seriously. Because some stuff is taken seriously, and then you're just like, why was that serious? Yeah. Like, some of the explosions and killing and stuff, I do think are kind of not funny. And, like, just weirdly, and not even disturbing. Just, like... Yeah, they're just, they just happen, and it seems like they're of no consequence. But I did want to say that Mr. Slick, the snake that Young had, was, like, tied up in knots. And then he wrote on blood on the wall, sorry, and then not. That suit is black. Not. And this suit... Is not black. It was a not, not joke. joke. Yeah, yeah. The suit is black. Not. Not. Yeah. Um. But yeah. And also, then they hire two uh, Russian people. Yeah, Mia so and Barold. They don't hire any of them. They, oh, just yeah, they just are interviewing them. Yeah. They're just interviewing them all, and then they all become a part of the team. And Mia and Barold are really excited to be in America, and because like, they're Russian, it's, it feels like of the '90s again. It's like, isn't that like a joke from that era? Like, like, and this whole thing about exoticizing Russians to this point of like they're just fucking people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're just making them seem like weird caricatures. That yeah, they have the internet. They know what Americans are like. Exactly. Like they're not, you're not teaching them any, if anything, they have more breadth and perspective than Americans do because yeah. they get the American perspective, but they also so have their much, own. Yeah, exactly. They get so much, the entire world gets the American perspective. Yeah. So like this movie is New York, apple pie, workcation. It's like, they did a really good job though. Both of them. I love, uh, what's her name? That actor, uh, she was in Fargo as, as I remember that. Uh, Allison to uh, Tolman, she's fucking awesome. I thought she was great. She was great. She was great. In <laughs> she this. had nothing to do, and she was like, "Wow, this person really stands like in this terrible movie." Yeah, Donnie, what Mike Moynihan's character says that, "Oh, you better meet them in a public place. They're psychopaths." Whenever in a movie someone says that someone's so crazy or a psychopath, it always is like played up to the max at the very beginning, and then they just turn into normal characters they just turn into and none of they didn't even do anything anything near psychopathic at all they didn't do anything do you remember what their characters did in the movie besides being russian barely and another thing i wanted to bring up is like you know when they're putting the title cards under everyone they say mia and barreled underneath their names it says russian brutes <laughs> think about saying anything else like think about saying persian brutes Brute. <laughs> you know what i mean like it's just like the americans can't wait to be racist against russian people like they like do it any well, fucking chance they <laughs> i mean i guess so sorry we're we're pretty racist towards russian people yeah but we're serbian <laughs> it's allowed and we have a perspective of them that nobody else really does that's true anyway um and then, okay, so they get together in an undisclosed, in an undisclosed location, and another hitman comes. Who is it this time? It's Max. 
Right. And Max, there's so many characters in this movie. Yeah. Max is like, you know, Gunther has a place in the Balkans. Chivapi. Ha ha. And it's just like, ugh, ugh. That was such a bummer. Because sometimes, a lot of the time, I'm like, ah, oh, Serbian references, cool. Or like Balkan references, cool. But well, this was he, just like, I think they were actually, because he says some like Albanian names. So I think they were like, Maybe he's in Albania somewhere, but yeah, he shows up and right away Blake is like, oh, Max, you're so much better than I am. And like, and then Max gets CGI killed by Gunther. Yeah. And he gets like a floppy disk shot that was like, had his face on it or something. <laughs> and a bazooka comes in. Are you okay? Yeah. Is it me or the movie? It's not you. It's the movie. But like, yeah, like just you, you, you do, you're doing the thing where you jump forward, but it's fine that you're doing it. Cause I want to jump forward too, but I lose my place and then I get frustrated. Cause like there's where, stuff. Where did we jump forward? There's so much stuff I wrote, man. Like it's my fault. Um, but like the, just sometimes the way you introduce characters is like you talk about Max, but you don't give any context for him that he was like, like that he grew up with Blake and that like, they like were together. They grew up together. Yeah. It's like I, builds I, I some... guess, I guess. But at the same time, it's like, well, like which character am I supposed to focus? Max gets killed in this scene. I know. I know you're right. And it's just like, he just get, dies. And then it's like, what was the point of that character? And what's the point of reintroducing him? Yeah. Because he's just gone. You're it, right. It's just, it's just to play this, this, this mo it's just a fill in time before we get to Schwartzy. That's this entire movie. And they don't even use him. They don't even use him at all. It's like, oh, he's like through the air and he's like a fucking ninja or whatever. Parkour and it's like, and shit. He just parkour and shit. And it's just like, what is this? And you what can this just fucking tell movie? That that's not that's Schwartzy. not Schwartzy. It's like a lean guy who's in his fucking thirties, <laughs> maybe his twenties. Oh my god. Yeah, Blake says, now it's personal. And then the filmmaker who finally reveals himself is like, wasn't it already a little bit personal? Wasn't it also about Lisa McCullough? Yeah, and then Lisa McCullough is, we find out that she's a retired hit woman, and it didn't end well between her and Blake. Because they were in a relationship. Because they were in a relationship, yeah. Yeah. But but see, that's the thing. I may not add a lot of context, but you add so much. Because like... said and things didn't end well i'm assuming most of the people are smart enough to be like oh they were in a relationship right of course um, um and then it's revealed that colby smothers which i don't believe is her real name colby smothers um was in a relationship with gunther yeah how did you guess though how did you guess in real life she's uh she's married to the director talon <laughs> how did you guess though she actually did marry schwartz <laughs> <laughs> that'd be hilarious <laughs> um, really that guy oh the dra- oh the director of the movie yeah. you mean I, I was like the director of the movie in the movie <laughs> no no lisa plays the last message blake left her on her phone to the filmmaker and it's him crying like inconsolably and asking her to please pick up the phone and then like he plays the same message back to blake and blake's like that doesn't sound like me it's me it's and blake, like, it's blake. I, I blake love you which you know is like a like, uh, you know comedy twist and then like he says i want you to be mrs blake hammond and he's like all right give me that i forgot that i said that and he shuts it off and then he's like okay well uh 
how recently did you see her? Uh, how is she? He, so he's like clearly hung up on this woman. Um, and we cut back to Lisa who she's like, you know, I'm doing well. I'm not a killer anymore. Now I do this thing. It's a business called Clady's and it's women making things out of clay and they do erotic ceramics. That was funny. I, I wish, I wish the movie was more about that awesome plot than this movie. Like, oh, Clady's. That's a fun, that's a clever idea. Christopher yeah, Guest. Yeah, that, yeah, it could have been a total Christopher just, a, like, just unassuming. that line is, is funny and that's like a, an idea for a thing and then one of the ladies making like a penis sculpture they ask all her, of the ladies are making penis sculptures well they ask one of them you know if it reminds her of her fiance and she's like I wish let's be honest I'm just settling <laughs> that was funny she did a really funny job she delivered that line so well yeah that was really good um, that was like one of my genuine laughs in the movie LOL, Larry. You, you, you like saying that, don't you? It's cute, right? No, not, not, not really. LOL. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty much. This movie was entirely LOL. Yeah, this movie was so LOL. <laughs> LOL, Taryn. LOL. LOL. Um, and we cut back LOL. and get more context. She couldn't compete with Blake's ambition. And when they first started dating, he was romantic. But then eventually, you know, he just turned into like a guy who loved his work more. And the filmmaker asks if Gunther provided her with like more attention. She was like, no, no, let's get something clear. That was a mistake too. That was my daddy rebound. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's not with Gunther anymore and she doesn't want any part of what's going on so like the filmmaker's like oh do you still love Blake and she's like part of me always will but you know I just wish things were different I just want him to be happy the ca the characters are also really unlikable all of them all of them are like all really them. unlikable except for Schwartzy we'll fucking get to Schwartzy but here, here, the my point of comparison is always probably going to be Man by Sog because that's a documentary about kill, a person killing people. Man by Sog. Man by Sog. Did I, what did I say? Man by Sog. Man by Sog. Uh, uh, Man bites dog. Uh, and Man by Sog. <laughs> that was a really funny impression. That was a good. That was exactly what I said. Um, I guess having to hear me over and over again in the podcast, it must be, you must be getting really good at doing an impression of me. <laughs> oh, man. I tried to do like a body impression of you. I just got tenser. <laughs> I also uh, tried to make myself like more shoulders. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess like in that movie, the characters are likable because they're normal people doing a, a, a normal documentary about a killer. In Man Bites Dog. In Man Bites Dog. And the guy is pretty likable in a normal person way. And then the people who are, are the film crew get worse and worse because of him. Whereas this, there's no place for any of these characters to arc or change or develop into different people they're just oh i have to succeed in this thing and nothing changes about any of them and blake has this whole thing about like throwing a fucking f hissy fit all the time like he's just freaking out the entire movie never once in this movie am i like oh this guy is such a capable you know assassin you know I, it's not believable like make him good you know what i mean like yeah make him good at his job 
funny or if he was good. Yeah. He doesn't seem like he's good. They, they don't seem like they're doing anything. The entire movie is about them failing to kill this person In the over next- and over again. And we're not proven wrong that their failures are bad at this job. Totally. In the next scene, Blake and Gabe are like happily on their way to the hospital to get Ashley because he's like leaving the hospital. And then like this part was pretty funny because Gabe was like, you can't keep a good man down. And Blake's like, well, you barely know. Him. <laughs> that was what funny. Talking yeah. about? Um, and then Ashley, uh, you know, is like, I just needed a tune up. And Gabe's like, you really had a scare there, old timer. <laughs> and he's like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> that was funny. I'm glad that they that trope um and then like ashley like has another heart attack <laughs> which is also pretty funny um they show stills of like a suave looking old dude with a goatee it's a black market arms dealer and they're like you know they're gonna like make it- mark yeah uh schneider Fizmark, and they're gonna put out like a hit on him but a realistic one because this guy like you know people want this guy dead yeah played by jake t roberts Schneider or The gang is posing as like a shake who's trying to screw him over. And then like when they fly to Miami yeah. and they all have fucking stupid wigs on. <laughs> yeah. None of it's funny. It's not funny at all. I was, I was so mad at me for trying so, so, so ord. So I'm going to kick that son of a bitch bison's ass. So ord. Just, they didn't even try even, it was like the first draft they're like yeah that's yeah, it that's this is it. good this is fine yeah that's fine um like, i agree would it be it's funny seen- if bobby moynihan is in a fucking wig and a dress it's like no none of it's funny he puts on like an extra beard on his beard and he posed as santa's husband and then like they have this another 1991 thing that this movie did was <laughs> it's pat movie they made like the dumpy guy who was forcing his way into this beautiful woman's life life, yeah and then eventually she falls Falls in love with him but she's so in love with him she's so so in love with him him. yeah and the the dad is like oh don't touch my daughter it's like cringing yeah it was like everything (laughs) in my body was cringing it's it's like sexist racist and then also like multi-tiered sexist yeah because like they do a lot of like dad stuff and then they, they do a lot of like muslim dad stuff oh, we muslim get- dad carrying a sword yeah. like, like <laughs> oh my Christ. god dude <laughs> holy so shit racist. Yeah, like it's just it's almost just like funny in how like dated it is. Like it's like in how much it mixes the mark. It's like it's funnier in that it's just so wildly problematic and unaware of itself, but at the same time trying to use those things to be funny. Yeah, it's and so none weird. of it was. None of it was. And then like this they they like get into a van that they spend 12 days in. <laughs> but it's only funny. It's only a funny idea, like, in retrospect. Like, watching it was fucking painful. Like, none of it... Like, again, it was just, like, stretched out in a way that this movie is stretched out from a skit to, like... It really felt like a skit in a way that was like, oh, like, let's go to Dollarama and get fucking wig costumes to make a skit (laughs) but it also just 
seemed like it seems like slapped together yeah no it, it seemed like at some point it turned into like weird outsider performance art because like <laughs> it just wouldn't end yeah and it was just like so consistently funny and stupid until schwartzy shows up it's yeah it literally is and it's it's so long it felt so long it was only an hour and a half long and i taking notes for it i took notes for it for like at least six hours (laughs) (laughs) i'm so sorry dude I know, and I wrote that's down really so many upsetting. details. Like that's why, like I know, like you're jumping ahead because you're just going based on your notes. But I wrote so many detailed notes about this movie, <laughs> and I'm so fucking sad and frustrated that I did. Yeah, I just because oh, you and I write notes differently. I write notes that will prompt me to remind me of of important scenes, and you write the entire movie down. Like I write like jokes and dialogue for myself and i leave drops in there that's why like sometimes i'm like no you skipped over a good drop like the only chance this episode had to be funny <laughs> like there's what just was like, the drop don't i don't know i don't was. know let me just see oh yeah i wanted to say uh when they're in the gun store do we get to that part yet no we haven't gotten to that part yet okay do you want to get there uh yeah sure I mean uh, th- there's some there, he, it's not even that good a fucking drop <laughs> well no we gotta we gotta get them chasing through the like um wait did they they didn't go to the gun store yet no 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 they they, they, go- they have they have this moment where the Russians are pissed they're not going to Disney World and they're sad that they're not even near Disney World Gabe comes out dressed as a goth dude in a mesh shirt and that was he's like funny. yeah that was funny it was like oh I gotta get some makeup remover and he's like well do it on your own time like, and then it cuts to, to Gabe and he doesn't have any of the makeup removed Blake that actor seems like a bad Ryan Reynolds and he seems like he's trying to do a Ryan Reynolds impression. No, you know what he is? What? He's, he's Blake from, from, he's like the guy from workaholics. Oh yeah. He's like that guy, except Anders, Anders Holmes. He's like that guy, but Anders Holmes is way funnier and way better comedic timing. Like, look at him. He even looks like him. In the next scene at the hotel, Gabe excitedly says, oh, Gunther just confirmed the job. So that's how we know that Gunther confirmed the job. Um, They go to a wacky guns dealer named Cheyenne who, like, jokes with them that he's Mickey Mouse. And the Russians get really, like, upset with him because they're, like, sad they're not going to Disney World. Yeah. And then he confirms to the gang that all his stuff is clean. There's no serial numbers and they begin to stock up young asks crusher if he's like not buying anything either. And it turns out that crusher is only just like charging his arm because his arm crushed one of the guns inadvertently. And, um, he's like, Oh, it sucks. Cause there's a break. You buy, you break, you buy policy. And the Russian guy like pulls out a grenade clip and he's like, Oh, I got to find a window to throw this out. It's like, like, the first draft of jokes it's not even the first draft of jokes it's like you guys improvise some stuff you guys are funny and none of it was funny none of them are funny none of them are funny no like no one was the only guy that was kind of funny and it was really more sad than it was funny was blake yeah because like you could tell how bad he wanted to make this movie that's that was like a kind of sad thing that I felt throughout the the movie is that like so badly this movie wanted to get made 
and it just wasn't good. Like you it just feel sad. his touch in this movie yeah. in a way. Like you feel his presence. Gabe was kind of funny. He had some moments. He, he had did. some moments. Uh, Allison all- Mia Allison uh, Tolman was good she wasn't funny she was good she was good you're yeah, right she you're was right. like good at being that character that's what was good i think about her character too was that she wasn't trying to be funny no that's the thing i think a lot of her situations were like it was more like you know situational humor with her yeah but then they in, Ju- that girl jewel was funny <laughs> jewel was funny we'll get to her on. yeah um they all begin to celebrate the fact that they're going to kill gunther tomorrow and then they do this like surveillance van thing where they're waiting for gunther to make his move and donnie's like it can take anywhere from 24 to 72 hours and like like you said 12, 12 days, days pass later, yeah and finally they notice something on camera all of the surveillance camera go like fuzzy and Schwartzy's there and Blake and Donnie begin running towards the building and he screams into the microphone he's like oh come on the fox is in the hen house and he tells the others to meet him in the lobby security guards there and they need to like leave the building immediately because they can't film in there and Santa and Crusher are like oh shut up man they get up to the elevator and they tell the others to go up the stairs and Donnie and Blake do a selfie in the elevator. They do a duck face, which again was like, like 2015 humor was duck face 2012 humor. Yeah, maybe. exactly. It was 2000 humor and they meet upstairs with young who has poison in his hand and they see Mr. Feismark at his desk and they're like, don't worry, sir, we're not going to hurt you. And he's like, help me. And he just gets shot in the head. Yeah. All of the CG shooting looked really bad, bad. And also like took me out of the reality of this movie and was like, Oh, this is a mockumentary. Yeah. It's a bad mockumentary. It's a bad YouTube video that 15 year olds did. It's the kind of thing that like, it's the kind of humor that, 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 and I would respect it more if it was fucking 15 year olds. Let me tell you, it's this kind of thing. It's the kind of thing where like someone did a really good trailer for a thing and they got their like Kickstarter money and then they made this and all of the good jokes were in the trailer. Yes. That's what this feels like. Yeah. But it's a fucking big budget movie. Yeah. Like this movie had a budget. Yeah. And how did you guess? 20% of that budget went to Schwartz. Of course it did. Because you know why? Why not, man? Honestly, if I was Schwartz, I'd be like, yeah, pay up. Yeah. I'm the big selling point of this movie. Who the fuck is Colby Smothers? And it's not like a Maggie where he can do like a sweet flex. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like any sort of thing. They gave the- him nothing. And he did. So much with that nothing. Although speaking of Schwartzy flexing, man, he looks fucking great in this movie. Yeah, he does. We'll get to Schwartzy. Uh, so Robot Arm, I don't care about his name. Robot Crusher, Arm is yeah. five. But shut up, Wesley. Fighting clearly not Schwartzy. Uh, and he gets killed, w- wasted in the movie. Like, well, he was funny too. Like he was not given anything and funny and then just is dead. And they get back to the hotel. And at the hotel, the Russian guy says that his name is Barold Ramis. <laughs> which, which was so stupid, but, yeah. but, but I thought Barold was really Ramis funny. was really funny. It was a really throwaway thing, but I'm really glad they added it because <laughs> it seems like a last minute improvised thing. But um, they slow down and reveal, they slow down the video that they're watching because they've videotaped this entire situation because this 
filmmaker can't stop filming and we get revealed later that it's like actually a few people but um or two people i don't know it was never clear how many camera people there were what angles they were shooting things (laughs) from like um but they get they revealed that like blake's face was there instead of gunther and then they realize now that he's been using blake's face but they're all kind of suspicious of blake anyway um they go They find out more info on uh, Schwartzy getting shot and going to a doctor's office. Yeah. And then uh, what's Bobby Moynihan's name again? Donnie. Donnie Moynihan. Um, uh, he he rigs up Schwartzy's red, cheap-looking, shitty car. Stupid car. Yeah. Uh, to explode. He's uh, like, I rigged a piñata bomb. Everyone's like at several different posts, but even like from just watching this, you can tell that these aren't like, it doesn't seem like the movie goes to any lengths to make them seem skilled. Like they're just kind of scattered about this like neighborhood that's empty for some reason. Like if they really COVID-19 empty. Yeah. Like the thing is the reason they can't focus on any of them being skilled at anything is because there's so many characters and talk about fucking so many characters. Expendables had so many We all knew each individual personality, each of which, who they were good at. Like, they all had their independent moments, and yet somehow this clusterfuck of a movie couldn't have gotten anybody to seem like they were good at anything. And then not Schwartzy comes out of this building and... He doesn't even do anything. He just poses. Yeah, and Donnie tries to blow up his car, but it doesn't work. And then every single other car on the block starts exploding, and they all start panicking and running away. And they head to this alleyway that's, like, tucked around the corner in front of, like, a garbage unit. And they stand there and wait for, like, a good 30 boring seconds only to have the reveal of the like garbage container exploding. Yeah, and it's the most bummer of a joke ever. And then they run back, and then they finally see not Schwartzy fucking run out parkour they, into a vehicle. They see Leon K's parkour into a vehicle. Uh, and then Young is like, okay, sorry. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. This was yeah. First, Donnie goes to the red Corvette. To see if his rigging worked. And he sets the car alarm off. Yeah. And then they hear snakes. I tell you what I'm going to give you, snakes. From the trunk. Yeah, Young recognizes the snake sound. And he opens opens the trunk. And a snake bites him. On the neck. On the neck. And he goes, is this what poison feels like? And it's like such a bad joke. Okay, but kudos to the movie for at least not having him do an Asian accent. Yeah, I guess because so. because like they were th- they, <laughs> like that's the kudos you're well get. like I mean in a movie full of racism they at least didn't make the like people who are from different cultures have like you know like terrible versions of their own accents you know what i mean yeah like, but i guess like he's still kind of racist it's like oh, oh I yeah don't, i still, don't use like guns a, i use well, like they just snake venom it's like this weird exotic yeah, yeah, yeah. potions you're right you're absolutely right it's, it's like, like kind of racialized 
Yeah, that's so true. That's I, true. He was kind of funny, though. That's him, true. I, I was holding out hope for him being funny, <laughs> but then he was so not funny. That's also what, what I resented this movie for. I kept being like, no, something will be funny. <laughs> It kept being like almost being funny. I wanted like you know what? Okay, like I'm never rooting for a movie to be bad ever. No, ever. Like even even when I watch movies that people say are bad, I want it to be a good yeah. movie. And I try to find the good things in yeah, every movie I watch. And I always try to talk about the good things. Yeah. But it, movies like this make it really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. This is uh, to me somehow. I, I resent this movie even more than Raw Deal because Raw Deal, at least, you know, you have people like Schwartz EP all the way through the movie and you have people like like Robert Dobb be amazing and gross. Raw Deal at least has the strength of its convictions. Yeah, it's a, it's a movie at least. This doesn't even feel like a movie. This is this isn't this a is movie. This is a travesty. It's <laughs> like where if somebody was like gun to your head and was like, where the fuck does the the first act end in this movie? You'd be like, ah, what? Uh, what's an act? I don't know, man. Pull the trigger, dude. Well, okay, and you know what's funny is that. This movie somehow simultaneously feels underwritten and overwritten. Yeah. Because, because there are things about this movie that are so wildly, like, like again, for example, that tiger show we're watching on Netflix, that reality show, it's, it's like brilliant in its just like this guy just wanted to make a wildlife documentary and like ended up uncovering this insane story and this movie couldn't even write a good story you know what I mean? like they, yeah it's a testament to those guys filmmaking because it's like narrative structure you f can follow things even though things are getting upped and there are so many characters but this doesn't even do the the like talking heads thing. It's just a weird documentary where people are explaining things as they're happening. And then later on, kind of like getting away from a shootout or an explosion. And they're like, oh, my God, we fucked up. How did we fuck up this time? Gunther did it. And it's okay but we don't see who gunther is you're right you're totally right this movie told more than it showed and even in a lot of the christopher guest movies that are way lower key than this movie and way less exciting but so much more funny and completely improvised yet somehow have a cohesive plot you know because, what i mean because they're in the, in the structure of those movies how did you guess for those movies but they're given just characters and they're told to design those characters based on what what they feel these characters represent and then in the scene they're given a structure as to what they should do whereas this just seems like they threw everything at the wall to see what stuck they threw the spaghetti at the wall and and it wasn't done and you've got some spaghetti on your overalls <laughs> You, Luigi. <laughs> that's that's what this movie is. It's a fuck you, Luigi. Okay, for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, we're gonna we're not gonna do the thing where we don't give context because this is too funny not to. There was like a live action version. Okay, there was a Mario show in the '90s, a Super Mario cartoon show in the '90s, and 
there was a live action component to it yeah. where like after and before they yeah, would they like bookended the show, the cartoon show with live action versions of Mario and Luigi and Mario and Luigi were this gross guy with long hair who looked like he was, <laughs> he was coming out and bulgy eyed. He, he was so shifty. Co- he was like, hey, Luigi. He was, like, he he was, was yeah. just like, he was like, like he was hey, like, Rosie, on, on fucking uh, Roseanne, Tom Arnold yeah, on Roseanne. Tom, Tom Arnold does Roseanne. A very <laughs> cocaine fueled performance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so at one point, Mario from this like Mario Luigi combo goes, and you have some spaghetti on. No, wait, how does it go? And by the way, <laughs> you have a little piece of spaghetti <laughs> on your overalls. <laughs> Luigi. And Mario responds by saying, Hey, fuck you, Luigi. Yeah. But and like, it fully just sounds like, Hey, fuck you, Luigi. Google or YouTube, Hey, fuck, fuck, you, fuck Luigi, you, Luigi, and you'll find it. Yeah. And it's amazing. Anyway, we'll drop it in. Um, they rejoice and put their guns in the air because they blow up Gunther and it's two bodies in the car. They killed Gunther. Yay. They scream and celebrate. And Donnie says that Young died. He got bitten by a snake. But, you know, but we still won, Santa says. And Blake orders some beers at a bar. And yeah, it cuts to a bar scene yeah. and they're all celebrating. And. Bobby and Sana bang and the dad is possessive. Wait, hold on, hold on. You didn't tell the amazing um, karaoke scene, which was terrible. Yeah. It wasn't amazing at all. But uh, he sings karaoke. I just wanted to drop the song. Yeah, here. yeah, for sure. Um, and he also schmoozes with a bar lady, which will become relevant later <laughs> in a really yeah. funny way. <laughs> in a also 90s homophobic way. <laughs> But still funny. I laughed. I laughed a lot. (laughs) It was totally... Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is a man. But also... It has been churred a little bit. It has been churred a little bit, but it was funny not because of that. No, it was funny because Marcy's old and gross. Old and gross and wearing a dress. That was the funny... Because okay, well, uh, spoiler alert, Schwartzy. Uh, no, 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 we no, won't tell. We won't tell. Let's, 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 okay. let's not tell the, the only good parts of this movie. It. it was I, so I, funny. This movie so reminds me of us making movies when we were young. And that's why. That's why they're both really cringy and also really terrible. Oh man, completely. Because um, when we would make things, we would make things, but we would just copy other things that were funny. Oh, dude, you mean like our famous movie Schlock? Yeah. No, not even that. That was at least an original. I'm talking about even further back when we would make with Mark and Mike. Oh, dude, we should fucking release the. No, we should release Schlock though for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, on the YouTube that we're gonna create for this podcast. So you were saying uh, he's uh, what's his name? Blake is schmoozing up the bar lady, and then Donnie calls Blake up on stage and by making a joke about him being a criminal but having a great mind, so he has to do criminal mind. Which do they set up in this movie at all? Anyway, it was like a top number five on the Canadian charts in 1985, but it'll always be number one in our hearts. And it just seems like this main actor who's also the director thought this was funny and wanted to put this in for himself yep like and you know what fine you made a high budget movie with schwartzy for yourself sure 
You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's not good. And don't think to yourself that it's good. By the way, Alan. how did you guess? Um, what, what's his name? Uh, uh, Steve Babic? Steve Babic? The guy who played Max is a Croatian guy. And he was also in Sixth Day. And he was also in Big Love. Yeah, he was in Big Love. Bishop, yeah. hey, Bishop man. hey, man. Um, as Johnny Fix. Oh. Yeah, no, I like this actor a lot. He was also, I think, on one of the doctor shows, like Grey's Anatomy or ER something like or something. That. I think he had like a main role on that. Yeah. And he was like, his name was Goran in Big Love. Yeah, his name was Goran in Big Love. Yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah, he's a good actor. I uh, like him. They have some kind of interstitial scenes where they're like, you know, where Blake is making out with the bar lady outside of the bar, Donnie and Santa are going to have sex because they like each other. Um, for some reason. For some reason. Like, they have this moment where she's falling in love with him as he's performing karaoke. And, like, it's not believable at all. At all. And it's not because he's, just like, a dumpy guy. No, it's... it's they don't he, set a, he, they set him up as a creeper. So, yeah, and he's also so annoying. And that so, nobody would like. Nobody would like nobody this guy. Like Especially this guy. not, like, a composed, like woman like also, this who has her shit together also, none of these people are like i hated all that's of true so much that's true suddenly blake is met with a crushing realization later at the hotel because rahmat has come back the father of sana and he's trying to shoot donnie for having sex with his daughter and then he says you sent me this text and and blake is like Oh, I didn't send you a text. And then he realizes that Schwartz is still alive. Yeah. And then they go to the Russian's room and <laughs> put their hands on their junks, which was like outrageous. Yeah. He put the hand of Beryl Ramus's <laughs> dead corpse onto the dead corpse of Mia Ramus's boob. boob and her hand on his dick and then he wrote on the wall ew and an arrow pointing down it's like what what and the lines also later that they give schwartzy you could just tell it was like wouldn't it be so funny if schwartzy said dick hole yeah it's like oh it's not funny that he says dick hole but he delivers it's, it well we'll get to fucking schwartzy um <laughs> that's what this movie should be called we'll get to fucking schwartzy this movie should be called we'll get to Schwartzy, because that's what you want to do this yeah. whole movie um it turns out that the fbi has raided blake's home and blake is left with nobody his best friend donnie has run away and santa is being chased by her father um his whole fucking team is dead all he has is gabe who takes him to his apartment and Blake is furious. He's like, oh, that's the one thing you never do. You never rat out your fellow assassin to the FBI. And he's like, I'm going to kill him now. And then Gabe giggles and he's like, you mean you're going to try and kill him? And oh. then later we get the scene where um, we get the scene where Blake is making a phone call upstairs on the roof of Gabe's apartment. And then as he walks back in, Gabe is there with his girlfriend, Jewel, who's like this kind of like this. Um, what's the Parks and Rec uh, woman name who who finds everything annoying? And she's Aubrey like, Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like an Aubrey Plaza moment of like, Ugh, OK, what does this guy want? And then 
Gabe's like, hey, so uh, can you just leave? We're going to have some sexual intimacy. <laughs> and like Blake's like, I don't fucking care. I have nowhere to go. What's wrong with you? Yeah. They're New York. Blake's uh, like, hot- uh, what's it called? Was raided, right? And then, yeah, Blake meets with Donnie, who's just wearing a dress and a wig, but looks exactly the same. Yeah, and then turns around, he's still wearing his cap on underneath. It was so like Kids in the Hall, but not even because Kids in the Hall at least funny. made it absurd and funny. Like, it was never about the man in the dress. Yeah. It was always about, you know, like, I'm Jerry Sizzler. This is my sister. Jerry Sizzler. We are, of course, two armed and dangerous sisters. It's never the punchline, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, this movie was like, hey, it's a man in a dress. And it's yeah, like, and then it was, so what if a man's in a dress? And, like, it was and like, then it was like, oh, he's killed all of our friends. And it's like, were you guys friends? Like, I didn't get that from this movie. Like... And then... And also, only two of them had died at this point, haven't they? No, a bunch of them had died. Who else died? The twins and oh, yeah. uh, Crusher and... But they also weren't friends. No, all like, of the like, superfluous were... characters yeah, died. Yeah. Like, all the main characters end up staying alive, even though they do do something cool with Gabe. But Donnie, as he's meeting Blake in the park, he gets attacked by Rahmat who is also also chasing him with a sword. Yeah. And I was like, I wrote down like how ta- like it's so tacky. It's so, it's tacky. so tacky. That's what it is. It's embarrassing it's for embarrassing. this movie. It's embarrassing for that guy to have to do that too. Totally. Totally. Like it's degrading. It's degrading. You're either making fun of your own culture or you're making fun of someone else's culture. And, and either like, way, it's kind of bad and not funny. Yeah. It's a fu- it's you it's fine to do those things, to, to make fun of cultures. It's fine. Just do it well, at least. At least do it well and at least like be 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 on the right side of the the making fun. You know what I mean? Like there's a way to do it. There's a way to make that joke. And not have it be... And not have it involve a sword. <laughs> yeah, and not have it be, like, punching down. That's all it's doing. Make it funny. It's not funny. It's just not funny. It's never funny. Blake arrives to pick up Ashley with a bottle of Jack Daniels. And he's like, oh, you can't imagine how happy I am to see you. And Ashley's like, you look like shit. And then Blake admits to Ashley that he's fucked up bad and that Gunther's killed everyone. It's all his fault. He doesn't know what to do. And he cries on Ashley's arm, but he's happy now that at least Ashley's there and he can help him with something. And then he realizes that Ashley's dead and they do another one of these funny cuts that they did with originally with Ashley, where they cut to him in the ambulance here. They just cut to him in a funeral. In a funeral yeah. And wait, didn't, didn't we, didn't we, we didn't, didn't we miss the cigarette case? We did miss the cigarette case. Yeah, he uh, Blake also explains that uh, he got a a cigarette case from Lisa, his former love, his former love, who and was it, also an assassin. Do yeah, we say that? Was, yeah, uh, and that cigarette case. The only th- reason the cigarette case is set up is for a payoff later. And yeah, it's stupid. Um, but we also get this scene of her kind of like falling back in love with him a little bit because she gets his answered letters that he never sent because he didn't want her to get killed. Yeah. As a grand gesture of love, I guess. Yeah. 
Jewel comes to the funeral as well and she's taking selfies and Blake's like, hey, like I think it's a little inappropriate that you brought her. But he also gives this like terrible eulogy that I want to skip over because it's boring. Um, where he's like, oh, I'm sad. Um, you know when people are trying to be funny? And yeah, <laughs> like that's the thing with the talent in this movie. Blake, Yeah, he's just trying to be funny and it screams of like a weird desperation. And he's... He he relies on things that Will Ferrell was doing, like like yelling, yelling, yelling loud, and it's like, but you're not a funny dumpy guy. You're like a kind of a handsome dude. Like you're like a handsome puffy dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just cringy. Yeah, like none of the other people are trying as hard as Blake is trying. He's <laughs> trying so, so hard. hard and got so far. But in the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> Too far. <laughs> it's so bad, dude. Santa, just leave this in. <laughs> um, Gabe. Oh, sorry. It starts sorry. with a guy comes up to Blake and Donnie and announces that they're going to lower the casket and Blake is happy to see him there. But then like Rahmad shows up at the funeral and he's like trying to kill Donnie still. And, and Santa's like, you can't kill him cause I'm pregnant dad. And Blake and Donnie are both flabbergasted. But just then the casket explodes behind them yeah. and Blake screams, no, fuck you Gunther in this really sad and aggressive way. And Santa's like, you can't kill him, dad. I'm pregnant. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and then and then we find we it, it, there's a reveal that that a headstone falls on Gabe's head. Uh and Blake Jewel. crawls over to Gabe and he's like, "No, my poor sweet Gabe, you were so useless and you were the only one that stood by me in the end and now you're dead and it's all my fault. I'm so sorry, Gabe." It just these lines were like, "Who was this written? He was written by him." Yeah. So like it's just like for who was this movie for? Yeah, nobody it, likes assassin. Like it's, it seems like way too much. Like it's for kid. To, yeah, like it's about assassins. Way. And it's also none of it seemed like it. And there's so many swears. Like who was this for? I don't know. It seems like it was trying to be like an airplane. You know, like oh, a modern day parody. Yeah, but what is it parody? Jewel shows up behind like Gabe's dead body and she's like I'm gonna need a ride ho- need a ride home and it's like I mean like make it somewhat believable because then Blake goes back to Gabe's apartment and he's like drinking with empty cans of beer all over the place and forcing the filmmaker to drink who we f- see for the first time I guess like he's like forcing him to drink Jack Daniels and then he apologizes to his neighbors for it being so loud but he opens the door and it's actually Lisa and she came because she heard Ashley died. And it seems like talking about this movie is so depressing. It's so depressing. Because, <laughs> like, I don't want to talk about the things that happened because they're so inconsequential. Like, but I have matters. to get through the plot. Yeah, you have to get through the plot. Yeah. I have to get to Schwartz. Lisa comes in and she gives him information as to where uh, Gunther is. How did she find out? I don't know. He's How a man with Cal. Cal- <laughs> the funniest thing about this movie is this podcast. Um, in uh, Mammoth, Cal- uh, California. Yeah. 
uh, and they, they go to find him. And yeah. Blake goes alone, but he's like, I'm not going to be alone. You're going to be with me to the filmmakers. And they're like, dude, like this is fucked. Like they were like finally reasonable. They were like, Hey man, this is dangerous. We don't want to yeah. be like doing this shit with you. Um, but they all leave and go and like electrocute Schwartz's electrocution box. <laughs> Like they like turn off all the power and they have like the green lights. And I felt like even for green lights, like this was too low quality in this part. It yeah, was like, it was super low quality. Couldn't they have like filmed this better? Like yeah. didn't they have the budget? Yeah, they do night vision goggles. They get into the house and uh someone is shooting at them. Yeah. And Donnie then- slides into frame and he starts shooting with Blake and he's like, Oh man, hey, you're here. And it's like couldn't he have like accidentally shot him? Yeah. And Santa's there too. And she's like, it's like, you're pregnant, dude. Like, yeah, it's like, you you're going to risk getting shot. Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. They like break into his house. They go through the doors trying to find him. And then they fall into a theater, a movie theater. It just seems like they shot it at Schwartz's house. Oh, dude, the movie theater reveal was kind of cool because it's like this black mirror moment where it's like, oh no, it's like a twist, a reveal. And it's pretty inconsequential, but like there's like footage of the people of them all on the screen and it's like they're talking about you know like oh you know they're they're just they're they're having like repeated lines it's like that scene from cable guy this movie is making me forget all other movies, movies because yeah. i'm like who the fuck cares yeah why were movies made why were movies ever important? why were movies invented to get to this point um yeah we we see all of the our, our cast on the screen and then lights come on and we see another documentary crew and we get a reveal that schwartzy is was inspired by them to film his own documentary from his perspective and the whole movie that we see where we see time ninja not schwartzy be not schwartzy we finally cut to his perspective of what's ha- been happening and he's just been like ha, 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 having fun like throughout the, the movie brings so much light to the movie yeah it's- it finally feels like an actual movie, yeah. even though it's totally outrageous and, and weird that he's in the movie at all. He feels like <laughs> the only part of the movie that makes sense. Totally. And even he doesn't make sense, but totally. he feels like an actualized character. He's wearing outrageous shirts. He's got a Nazi haircut. Um, he's like uh, paper bags. He's saying lines like fucking dickhole. Uh, Schwartzy sees the rattlesnake bite young in the neck and he's like oh i didn't even want that to happen he's like he's just being like you know how you know you have no idea how great it is to finally meet you and it's like what and they go to his kitchen cappuccino anyone i mean my cappuccinos are to die for let's go to the kitchen just like schwartzy makes like a skull out of cocoa powder on top of the cappuccino and he's like be careful it's hot it's just like yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, man. He's- and he was, like, infiltrating them the whole time to get footage yeah. for them as well. So it turns out the reveal is that he was he had a, a, a mask of Blake. <laughs> he had a mask of... What was the gun? Arms Cheyenne. Of Cheyenne, the arms dealer. And then he also... And then he was also the one <laughs> at the bar that Blake has sex with outside. <laughs> 
it's funny because it's funny because in the scene where it's <laughs> where where he there's the reveal he takes it it's like he's having sex with a hot lady in a hotel room and then he just takes it it takes a mask and it's just Schwartzy in his own body and just like holding the crappy rubber mask. <laughs> It was so funny. It was the funniest part of the movie. Because, because first it's the actress and it's her body. And then it, the camera just moves and it moves back to Schwartzy. And it's his body in a dress. I, I th- okay, like I have to laugh so much because nothing else was funny. But this part, that part was really funny. It was really funny. And they also do like a scene where it's Schwartz's voice. Yeah, on her body. Yeah, so funny. Was like, oh, he's sleeping. Oh, he's sleeping. And then he takes the mask. And the masks that are taken off are so crappy. Are like, so crappy and bad. And like he, he has, the, there's this moment where it's like, Oh, you you guys are are. Uh, I'm not even gonna do the accent. I'm too tired. He's like, you you guys are so shitty because you're fucking millennials. Like it was such a like a mole- oh, millennial jab that Don't I was even like, get me started. Boomer millennial thing. Uh, and then it's like he says like, oh, I'm gonna ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. And I was just like, that's where you're gonna drop this <clears throat> reference. Like when he started dropping references, I che- so I checked out. Yeah. I was like like. Honestly, again, kudos to Schwartzy for delivering that and like doing it with some conviction. Like you could tell he was paid for this role. You could tell he was paid and you could tell he was like, even he was fucking strolling through this movie. Just like, I don't care. Um, Yeah, he's like, and then he poses a question of, do you want this documentary to have a happy ending or a sad ending? Yeah, it's like, and then they do this reveal where one of his camera team brings out Lisa. Yeah. Because by this point, Donnie and Santa have decided that their baby is more important. They're going to leave. And, you know, like Blake doesn't begrudge them that decision. Because and also, this is- yeah. And also the other crew, the film crew, the first, the main film crew leaves as well. Yeah. They run away. And it's then from their perspective but also the other crew they were like inconsistent at this point because they seem like they're getting like different kinds of shots that they weren't getting in the rest of the yeah, movie yeah. and so it was like is this meant to be real life now or is no, it meant to still it was, be different angles of because how many three, fucking cameras were there three people were were the crew of of schwartz's crew and i know two people were from the other crew but there were way more than just three angles yeah there were way, way more than three angles <clears throat> and it was just like i guess some of the crew got shot as well, also Schwartzy's not 6'2 cuz fucking what's her name Colby Smothers walks in and she's giant. Yeah, she's like like right as tall as, uh, as she is. Tall as and him. she's definitely not 6'2. She's two. definitely she's not. She's probably six, 6 foot. She's probably 6 foot. Yeah. But maybe Schwartzy has shrunk. Maybe. Yeah. He, he could have shrunk 2 his inches spine. completely. I mean, Tata's shrunk. It looks kind of like his spine is compressed. 
Yes. That's possible. what makes the paper bag effect, I think. I think so. He looks really uh, good in the he movie. He does though. look really good in the movie. His yeah. arms look fucking golden. Blake apologizes to Lisa and then heads towards Schwartzy, who like easily shoots him. And then Schwartzy's like, what a fucking idiot. He could have had it all. And then Lisa kicks Schwartzy's ass and like shoots the camera people and sends a blade in one of them. Yeah. It's just like it's just so inconsequential and it's such a waste of schwartzy like dude to you uh, people like you and me who like you know you who actually want to create movies and like actively write scripts and like have shot your own movies like to squander the chance to have schwartzy in a movie yeah it just feels like such a slap in the face to anyone who has ever like appreciated the talent that is schwarzenegger yeah it's true you know it's true Schwartz is still a pro in the movie. <clears throat> He's still a pro. He showed yeah. up in this movie. Yeah, Schwartzy has this like shootout where he's like you want to kill me bitch go ahead kill me if you can i'm right here Come on, kill, me. kill me and it was just like it's oh. like it's the one from yeah. our podcast intro yeah. um but um yeah Schwartz, it, he tears the fridge door off and throws it at him smashes and then it he escapes in a helicopter yeah and blake says he got to the chopper um which like really oh, like but that line where where gunther's like because you're a fucking loser i when, when Schwartzy has lines like that i'm like oh man like if, menacing Schwartzy. Yeah, yeah that was that was really cool and Schwartzy, like when Schwartzy does comedies and he's still like <laughs> like yeah. just like being so i love when Schwartzy, like Me i too. love when Schwartzy's hanging it up because he's still being such a pro and he's still delivering yeah, the I lines love i love him but that being said, there are times where I think he's blocked and directed poorly. Yeah, for sure. And for sure. it takes points away for me. But we'll yeah. get to that. Yeah. Um, cuts to one year later in Chicago, Illinois. Can I just yeah, speak please. up about the one year later? Please. Because we were so excited about the one year later and the 10 years later in Aftermath. And I was so not excited about this. This is such a disappointing one year later. Because um, Ava is born. Yeah. And fucking Donnie, Donnie and converted Santa. to Islam. Yeah. Not by force, but clearly by force. Oh, man. Dude, so like, racist, holy dude. Holy fuck, man. So like, you can't even racist. be like, hey, like, it's the time. Or, hey, it's context. There's in the movie. no excuse. Or, There's hey, n- it's just like, no, we just fucking hate Muslim people. And we're just going to show it in this fucking movie. This movie hates Muslim people so much. <laughs> it hates Muslim people and so it much. And subconsciously hates everyone else, too. Yeah. Because it, it subjected us to this fucking movie. Well, it just feels like... It feels like it's written by a boomer. It's like, no, but they're still in charge. Like, it's like, Talon wrote this? Like, he's a fucking millennial. Yeah. Is he a millennial? Well, he's He's like one of those in between. He's in between Gen X and millennial. He's 82. He feels so Gen X. He does feel so Gen X. X. Oh, he's got the Gen X puff. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Lisa's married to some guy named David. Yeah. Which is also just a fucking joke. And it's revealed that Schwarzy's pulling the strings and he got them married. Yeah. And like, she's like a hippie and he sells timeshares. 
And she's like really sad in all the wedding photos and stuff. Yeah. And he Gunther goes back to Austria and it's like he retired. But somehow the film the original film crew found him. They find him and then like he's like wearing Lederhosen and showing elders how to they have now, like all, all of that was I would have much preferred that movie. To like this. all of the elder B roll was so good. Like he just being like being an old friendly man, with, nice man. but it's weird because he's so much more jacked and he's like slightly less old than they are like they're all in their 80s and he's like in his 70s so it's like kind of weird because he's like still got his vitality yeah, and they're totally. like pretty old totally um, but all of the outfits that Schwartzy was wearing in this movie were great amazing great all I the just wished that we missed that's what the trailer made it seem like where it was like oh he's just gonna be the wacky guy in these outfits and it's like but he's not he's not in the movie Movie. He's not in the movie. And it's weird because, okay, kudos to Schwartzy for making it seem like he's been in the movie the whole time. Yeah. Totally. By the way, he totally. like, it, like, he acts he, so like, I know you guys. Like, yeah. he's just like built a, a, a recording studio at his house. Oh, man. The Schwartzy singing in the this. The Schwartzy singing, country western singing, uh, coaching the field hockey was great. Like, I just wanted that. Some of this, this fucking contractor is going to get terminated. Yeah. Yeah. That was cringe. That was cringe. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, I'm coming for you, Brad Paisley. Trust me. There you have it. Uh, yeah. A happy ending, you know. Um, and then the filmmakers wrapping up and they're like thanking Schwartzy. And around the corner, um, Blake shows up. A disheveled Blake shows up. And pumps Schwartzy full of a couple of bullets. And he comes over and he's like, he's so outrageously and insanely excited. And in contrast, Nate, the filmmaker, is so outrageously like, all right, dude, come on. Like, it seems like he was like hamming it up so much. And then suddenly they hear like a clicking time bomb and... Schwartzy, I guess, has been wearing a vest for a year. Like a time bomb vest. Like he's wearing like a suicide vest. And like, um, yeah, Blake opens his jacket, revealing it. And he's like, ah, oh, he is good. And then explodes. And the POV of the camera flying off, like, sh- falls down into something that says killing Gunther. And <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you Man, can't dude. see it, audience, but Holy Alex is fuck. just like shaking his head disapprovingly oh and smiling. God, Holy fuck, man. Man, this movie was terrible. This movie was really bad. Yeah, like this movie. This movie is the worst movie. I would watch Terminator Genesis over watching this movie. I would watch Raw Deal, Terminator Genesis. I would watch fucking Around the World in 80 Days. It's so much. I like around the world. I, I did like. I liked around. <laughs> and that's the world. a pretty good episode show, I must say. But but I would watch a not as Schwartzy movie. I wanted this movie to be good. I wanted this movie to be good too. And like, also, this poster is cool. Like Schwartzy looks cool. All of the poster. artwork was great. Like uh, I didn't believe this movie was as bad as everyone was said it was. Dude, like Keenan told me about it, and he was just like, dude, like. He was, he was like, and Keenan likes some fucking garbage. Sorry, Keenan. Keenan likes some, fu- he doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, Keenan likes some fucking garbage movies. Yeah, and no, I'm, I know. Yeah, I think he'd admit that. But also it's just like, fuck, dude. Like this was like, this was sad and it made me bombed. 
this made me really bummed. Um, I mean, it made me really grateful for the rest of the Schwartzy pantheon. Um, and it made me really grateful for Aftermath. And you know what? You said something in the last Aftermath, in the Aftermath episode. You said, this was the last Schwartzy movie. And Aftermath was the last Schwartzy movie. Aftermath is the last Schwartzy movie. Because so far, we have that Captain Hook movie, which I know isn't going to be good. Yeah. It can't be good. It can't be worse than this, though. It can't be worse than this. But that's the next movie, <laughs> Vi 2, I think it's called. Um, and I think we're going to have Jason back on to talk about his favorite actor, Jackie Chan. Nice. But dude, what would you give this movie out of 10 for, for star rating? Wait, what did you call the... the Vi 2, I think. Vi 2? I think that's what it's called. The, the Captain Hook movie? Captain Hook movie. Yeah. No, no, it's called The Iron Mask. Oh, I keep seeing different things on different platforms, but... No, it's just IMDb. Iron, no, no, no. IMDb on different devices says a different thing. Weird. Weird. Okay. I think when I look on the computer, it says something else. It's a sequel to a movie called For- Forbidden Kingdom. Or Forbidden Empire. Also called Forbidden Kingdom. Vi. Oh, the original title of the first one was Vi. So it's Vi 2. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Okay. So Vi 2, the Iron Mask, whatever. Um, What would I give this? Out of a star rating. Out of a star rating. Dude, I would give this a zero. I gave this a zero. I would never watch. I I want this this movie (laughs) to be... um, like I want to take a forget me now, so I could not ever watch this movie ever again. I'm sad that I know it. Um, I I also forget it. I don't n- remember any of the, this movie at all. I think that I gave it a one, but just because of that joke that Schwarzy was actually the bar lady. <laughs> <laughs> because it made me laugh a lot. Yeah. Um, it's so just bad, because dude. of how silly it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, I can't. I can't do it. I can't even do that. I gave, yeah. I gave it a one. But let's let's talk about the more interesting thing. How many Schwartzies would you give it? One. Be- yeah. I give this more Schwartzies than I would give it a movie, because. I gave it a three Schwartzies. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Schwartzy was, was good in the movie. He played it the way the movie needed it. And he made the movie better. Yeah. Immediately, as soon as I heard his voice, it made the movie better. It made the movie so much better. It was like, it was like, it was like that feeling of, it's like a feeling of drowning and then getting that first gasp of air. That's, that's, that's what it felt like. It was, it was like, you know what it was like? It was like an iPad being poorly held on a thing and then almost falling. (laughs) I saved it. Um, yeah, it felt like that. It felt like I, I was being choked to death at the very end of the credits. There's like. Um, a post-credit sequence. Oh, I where, didn't see the post-credit sequence where there's like a German news report about what happened, and uh, <laughs> and then like they're like, oh, there was an explosion. It wasn't terrorist. 
investigated, but uh, we can't confirm any details right now. And then someone in the like press conference asks, isn't there some footage? Can we see some of that footage? And they're like, uh, we don't know how you got that information, but uh, we don't know. We, they, we can confirm there is some footage at this time, but we can't confirm what's on it. And then it cuts to the person who asked the question, and it's Schwartzy in a terrible disguise. I was hoping that it would be, but I couldn't. I couldn't get past the credits to be like, oh, I wonder if there's a post-credit sequence. But I knew I had a feeling that Schwartzy was alive. Of course. Because he's so good. Of course Schwartzy's alive. Yeah, that was probably in the contract. Yeah, that Schwartzy has to stay alive at the end of the movie. I'm still going to give it a one. I resent the fact that Schwartzy was in this. Yeah, I agree. But he, but he did. He made it better. He did make it better. It wasn't like in, in Terminator Genesis. Where... You know, sometimes it's hard for people to know what's going to be good. You know, he's not playing a legacy character. He doesn't have much skin in the game. You know what I mean? Like he's just, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's just like coming from really movies that he clearly cares about so much, um, that, and then failing must've been a blow, you know, in a, how did you guess it was revealed on Conan that Taron Killam um, offered the role to Tom Hanks and Bruce Willis first. How did you guess? Before Schwartzy. Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks would have been interesting in the movie. But they wrote the Gunther part about Schwartzy, right? Like, it's not like Tom Hanks would have been a German Gunther guy, right? Because they wrote that he's from Austria, that, you know? Well, they probably wrote it... Bruce Willis would have been bad at this movie. Oh, Terrible. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis would have walked through this movie. Yeah. Worse Did you say than Tom Red. Hanks? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks would have been an interesting choice. I, I would think have, so too. I would have think it I, might have made the movie better. It, would, it might have made the movie better, but um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, yeah, I I had a really hard time watching this. I had a really hard time talking to you about it, and it's just such a bummer because, like, you know. This podcast has been so, such a treat and such a like fun thing to do. And like, it just sucks that, you know, we have to end on kind of such a sour note. Yeah, totally, totally. But I wanted to talk to you about something. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're fast approaching the end. Like we have literally only, it's crazy because our measure of like how far we'd get was Aftermath and Killing Gunther. And now we're past both of those. Yeah. So we have Vi 2 and Dark Fate again, which I do want to talk to you about Dark Fate again. I kind of wanted to make the Dark Fate episode of the show a reflection across all of the Terminators mm-hmm. and kind of like a cross comparison. Sure. So like, just let's so do different. it yeah, yeah, simultaneously, like not so much make it plot driven because we've already done that. Let's just talk about scenes, the stuff that we thought of. Okay in context to yeah, like sure. all of the other terminators and then also i wanted to say i kind of wanted to do some before we start our like next season deep dive into jcvd i wanted to kind of do some extra thirsty for more episodes where we like just like do some of our favorite much referenced movies from this show sure. like talk about maybe home alone and talk about back to the future cuz they're just like such like childhood staples for us you know what i mean yeah we haven't talked about Indiana Jones. We should. But are we going to do a Harrison Ford? For another right. podcast. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, dude. Yeah. Such a bummer. Um, you know, sorry to the audience for listening to us. I know it must be like a little bit harder to get through these episodes when it's not clearly so don't like the movie. Yeah. Like, it's just like, you've got to like something about it. You know, even like, what's an example of a movie that we didn't like, but it was like good to talk about. Uh, let's go through the notes or it's at least exciting to talk about. Expendables sabotage was exciting to talk about. Yeah. Uh, cause of outrageous everybody was. The rundown was exciting to talk about. Although the rundown was a good, good that's movie. good. It's retrospectively such a good movie. Yeah. Um, I was excited to talk about T three. Yeah, yeah. Even though I didn't like the movie, I was collateral excited. damage. I was pretty excited to talk about. Yep. Even though it's a bad movie. And that was a good uh, Amir. Amir was great. Amir was great. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Thanks so much, dude. Yeah, no problem, dude. I mean, um, it's yeah. still a delight talking to you. And I laughed so much at that fucking part. And the way you were describing it was Which so one? funny. What? Fucking when Schwartz, he plays the bar lady. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have uh, to say it so many times because it was the only funny yeah, thing in the movie. It's true. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's fun doing it. The only reason I do this is because of you. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say that's the only reason I do it. I do it for all the listeners. For the memes, dude. Um, so fun. Yeah, I don't memes. care about the listeners. I mean, I care about them individually as people, whoever listens to it. Like, I'm glad you listen to it, but I care about my brother more. Uh, and it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it, this, it, it, without microphones, it would just be you and me doing it. <laughs> and it's, yeah. It, we, that, that's the only thing that makes me angry at these movies is that if there weren't microphones, if we weren't recording, if we weren't doing this as an undertaking, it would be like, we just wouldn't watch these movies. Yeah. So sure. like, I hate that we have to watch these movies. But it's so fun talking yeah, to you about for this. Sure, for sure. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Bye.